0: But Mary's awesome. okay,
1: but I liked it so much, and the and the sequel as well. That when Return of the King came out, I was so excited to go see it. We were going to the midnight release, and then I broke my hand that weekend. Oh, when you had your hand out the yeah, window? yeah, that was the weekend that I had my hand. I was coming home from a friend's house mm-hmm. and fell asleep with my arm out the window, uh, and it hit a brick mailbox.
2: Huh. Gotcha. And broke that my arm in several sound, locations. That, that's not what
1: you want. No, that that's
2: not a great not way a good to start way to your wake
1: your weekend. Up. Yeah. Um. So, so I went into surgery. <laughs> And woke up, and I was like, hey, Mom, I feel fine. You should take me to this. You should take me to the Return of the King. She's like, you just got out of surgery. No. I was like, I feel fine. Take me to the Return of the King. She's like, you can see it later. I
2: was like, no. So now that we've recorded a perfect intro for the Fellowship of the Ring, let's talk about Get Out. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes And That's, we oh, wait, what, wait, wait, everything's out of order yeah. I give it uh, I give it <laughs> four and a half uh, uh, I'm Chris I'm a filmmaker From Nashville, Tennessee And I'm with the TSA
2: <laughs> Nice I am Rick Fox I'm an aspiring author And I have this weird thing about teacups
1: I'm Josh, an analyst here in Nashville, and I am a scared deer. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm Binge, I'm also an analyst here
4: in Nashville, and I'm afraid of the sunken place. And And we're we're opinionated. Opinionated!
3: a very special episode because it is our inaugural 2017 month of spooks episode it wouldn't be it's our second going
2: long enough guys that we can have a second year of a thing month theme month guys
3: oh this is actually i didn't even thought about that that's a
1: Sweet. So so it's not That's the inaugural nice.
2: one. It's the second. It's the re-inaugural one. It's the, re-inaugural.
1: the <laughs> one. Just, We've it, been re-elected. Just the second version. It's our second annual. It's, like, it's uh, the month that. of
3: Spooks 2. Get spookier.
1: Okay. That'll <laughs> Return work. Return to the spooks. Return, Return <laughs> to the Electric spookaloo.
3: <laughs> Yes. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh! There's the tagline. Good one, Rick. You win that. Solid. one. Solid. Solid. Oh, that's a great. Oh, that's a great title.
1: It All right. You. I'm glad I thought of it. So, of for yes, those you. for those of you who are new and okay. we're here for our first month of spooks, uh, this is our spooky month. This is it.
4: <laughs> or also known as October.
1: <laughs> we're th- we're we're watching scary movies because of Halloween happening this month, uh, and so we have each picked a scary movie or a horror movie or something that goes along with that theme and that genre, and we've each picked one that we'd like to see. Some of us may not have seen each of these movies, but we're going to be doing one each week this month. Uh, And to start off, I have picked the movie Get Out. I know it came out a little earlier this year, uh, and I know Chris is going to Read some details on it. Uh, Chris, do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about Get Out? Sure, sure,
3: sure. So Get Out has a 99% on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. It actually had 100% for a shockingly long time. Wonder- literally, like, there was a news story. Like, one guy ruined Get Out's perfect 100% on Rotten Tomatoes.
4: <laughs> and Which, I thought that I mean, was really funny.
1: That's just the most internet thing you could have. He add. could have just been like, I come,
4: someone's
3: got to do this. <laughs> right. And uh, So it's 99% Rotten Tomatoes. It, it was directed by Jordan Peele of Key & Peele. It was um, probably Key that did, gave the review. Because <laughs> <dude>. he was <laughs> like, no, nah, man. I could have do better. I
1: <laughs> we got to keep you humble.
3: Yeah, got to keep you humble. <laughs> A lot of my best jokes didn't make it in. <laughs> <laughs> it stars uh, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya. Uh, Allison Williams, Catherine Keener, uh, Bradley Whitford, Caleb Laundrie-Jones, and Marcus Henderson.
2: It's time for a young African-American to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods. But before long, the friendly and polite ambiance will give way to a nightmare. Dun, dun, dun. So, Josh, why did
3: you choose to pick Get Out? Of the entire month of Spook's possible catalog, what what, what brought you to choose Get Out?
1: So, I have not seen this movie yet, and it has a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. I think those are... (laughs) I think that's a good reason to watch this. Uh, Folks love this for a reason, uh, and that's a reason that I haven't experienced yet. So, I would love to watch this movie and find out why it's so popular. Now, I will say that, unfortunately... When this was in, like, in the middle of being in theaters, folks being excited about it, talking about it, I've had the the, the turn in the middle of the movie spoiled for me. Like, I know what's going on already just because of some enthusiastic fans of the movie uh, spoiled it for me. But that being said, I'm still really excited to watch it and find out how all of those pieces fall into place. Um, I won't spoil it here for folks that haven't seen it yet, but I'm really excited to watch it just because I know how much praise has been heaped on it.
2: I was actually in the same situation when I watched it the first time. I've only seen it once before, and
1: but I really liked
2: it and I still really enjoyed it despite knowing the, the turn that comes. And I think that's a mark of really good storytelling if you can, you know, the, the more you know about a story that doesn't bring down its quality to you, especially with a horror movie, because a lot yeah. of that can rely heavily on twists and turns and that kind of thing.
1: I liken that to folks who already know about the twist and sixth sense Yeah. who are still able to watch it and be like, wow, this is a great movie. Even though I know that was my experience. that was like mind-blowing for folks watching it the first time, It's still you're still able to appreciate it just because of wh- how good of a movie it right. is. If
2: a movie only relies on that, that turn, then it's not going to have any rewatch potential, and if that's the only thing it's got going for it, it's not going to be a classic the way that movie is and the way I think that Get Out will be going forward. Gotcha. The Village, another M. Night exactly. movie.
4: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I recently saw this uh, just a few weeks ago, and I was lucky enough to actually avoid all spoilers t- coming up to this movie, and I really enjoyed watching this the first time, especially with there being no spoilers. I can understand, like, being a little upset that some of it has happened, but I mean, it's still a really good movie yeah. and I'm sure you're going to have a great time watching it. Cause I definitely did.
3: Yeah. I, I feel rather fortunate. I saw it in the theaters and also did not have it spoiled for me. So I, I had a great experience. I, I'm, I cannot wait to watch this
1: movie again. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad that all of you enjoyed it so much because I, as we know, there have been good movies where we don't all agree, and there's been bad movies where we don't all agree. And so it's nice to know that one that's got such critical acclaim, everyone else here has already been like, "Yeah, this is a great movie. You're gonna enjoy it." I'm I'm looking forward to going and watching it. Yeah, let's. Shall we just
3: go let's, ahead? Let's, yeah, do let's, 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 do let's do it. Let's let's get out of this room.
1: Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know.
3: Do you smoke in front of my daughter?
1: I'm gonna quit.
3: She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. Couldn't see no brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my
1: being here. Get out. Sorry, man.
3: Get out! Yo! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink.
1: (gasps) Mom. It's a terrible thing to waste. For favor, El <laughs> Jefe en la mañana.
3: <laughs> Tacos? Uh,
1: Agua? No, it's Jeff in the morning. I don't know what we're referencing right now. It's the, the Hispanic radio station here in Nashville. I've never... Wait. You never listen to El Jefe?
3: No.
2: <sighs> so how about that get
1: out? That was a
3: great movie. Dude, yeah, that was that awesome. It, it was, it's a really good movie. Yeah, it like, deserves it,
2: its score on Rotten Tomatoes.
3: Honestly, like, uh, I normally start taking notes, and, like, I have, like, two notes by the time the movie's over because I get invested in it. Um, and I was very invested in this movie as well, but it's so dense that I couldn't help but, like, take a lot of notes. Yeah. Because there's, especially since it's my second viewing, I think I got a lot more out of it uh, because there's so many little details that, like, I noticed throughout the movie that make it such a rewarding experience on re-watches. Yeah, I definitely right. agree with that.
2: There are a lot of things that you catch on the second notice or that have a different meaning on the second watching.
1: Now, w- one thing that I will say, starting off, is that I mean, th- this is the first movie that we're doing for our second round of the Month of Spooks. Uh, and I will say that this wasn't as scary as I was expecting. You know, People said that this was a horror movie, and there were definitely some susp- suspenseful parts to it, but... I- it it really wasn't scary i i really, i wouldn't put it as a horror movie i th- i mean it's pretty scary but i i wouldn't it's i would, like would put it as, as
4: like unease but not necessarily right. like oh my gosh i'm like the thing, terrified of the this the thing that i
2: think that uh it's it's peel that did this right jordan peel yeah. yes. okay yes. the thing that uh i think jordan peel brings to this movie that really works because he's known as a comedy guy is that both in comedy and in horror you are constantly managing tension you are you know building up to certain moments and then backing off of it and I think that's something that just works incredibly well, especially in that opening scene. That that mm-hmm. whole beginning scene does such a good job of slowly ratcheting up the tension, giving you new things to be worried about. The The camera direction and the lighting there is always drawing your focus to a specific place in the camera and to, to really focus you on why this situation is really uncomfortable, no matter who you are. But I feel like especially as a as a black guy.
3: Yeah, I wanted to first of all like uh that is 100% like uh I, I think I've actually seen um uh he he said that. Like he was asked like what you're known for comedy? Like you've made like 500 short films, like comedic short films like and your debut's going to be a uh uh a horror film and uh in like some interview he was like, "Yeah, well, like they're actually like in terms of directing like they're extremely similar because they both necessitate an understanding of uh, pace and performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have the performance, you can't believe something scary from your actors. But also, if you don't have comedic timing, a joke's not funny. And if you don't have good pacing, you don't know how to build tension, as as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to reiterate that. And uh, another thing that I just sort of wanted to like throw out there is that like, I, I feel like there might be a temptation for like me personally. I'm just going to, for me personally, I'm we're all we're all white guys here. Like it, it's just it's sort of the elephant in the room. Like this this movie, like it it really, from what I've gathered, it seems to have really like struck a strong chord with the African American community, and it's because it really speaks to sort of like w- their perspective on the times in a lot of ways today. Um, and so I I I want to say like going forward that if I say anything like I interpret something completely wrong about this movie you know send us an email a, tell me I I'm mean, an idiot but it, it's uh, a
1: given that we're coming at it through our own lenses right like we're viewing we're viewing this movie as who we are and so if we miss something yeah. then that's that but but we're, we're we're giving it our perspective on this. I'm weekend.
3: sort of opening the opportunity for dialogue. Sure. Also yeah. like if someone like if someone who does have that perspective, I w- wish we kind of had someone of color to speak to it on this podcast because of the material. But since we don't, you know, if you're listening and you notice a, something we may have missed or something we may have gotten wrong, I'd love to hear about it.
2: I I also kind of feel a little out of my depth as a white guy among four white guys talking about a movie. But I think one of the things that really makes this movie work and why it has such a high score is that it takes an experience that not everyone has simply because we aren't black guys. We're not going to have that uncomfortable uh, feeling that I think that this movie— puts out there, but it makes it so understandable why those moments are so awkward. And I love the way that the the main character deals with it throughout the movie, because you can constantly see him doing that mental math of, okay, this was a social slight. Is it worth making a big deal about? And going, no, it's not. This is a little thing, I can get over this. Should I correct this? All of these little things consistently throughout the movie build on each other and mm-hmm. it's consistently getting worse and you see that rising tension in him and him constantly trying to step back from it being like okay I know these these white people have been giving me crap all day this one more okay I can I can take one more it's all right we can we can move past
1: this which one thing I think is interesting is that you know we we can't have said that we have that exact experience but the way that peels presented it um It still feels very relatable, right?
0: Mm -hmm. We we may not have had
1: that same experience, but we would still have had the experience of meeting a girlfriend's family for the first time, right? Right, where it's that it still conjures that same feeling of, you know, everyone's being super polite, but it's still obvious that I'm the elephant in the room as the new person for whatever reason, and so despite it being for different reasons, like it's still a common experience that people have had in the past and so it's still relatable it's honestly one of the best
3: things that cinema can do uh one, one thing i really hate that movies do actually a lot is they'll sort of preach a message at you like they'll have a character sort of say what the movie's about and then they spend the movie going through proving why that thing's right but what a movie can really do wonderfully if it's going to approach a message is it can get you to see things through a new perspective and i think that this movie does that very well with sort of the uh with elements that could be true of the african-american circumstance and something that i think that the movie also does on a narrative level super well with that in mind is sort of the theme of perspective the theme of like what you see the fact that cameras are a huge part of the plot that flashes can be sort of taking a picture framing something giving something exposure is the thing that knocks these people out of the uh the uh what is it called the sunken place um right uh, when when you're in the sunken place what you're looking up at looks like a screen it looks like a film which we are watching to get a perspective. You know, there's there's a lot of random things like that. It's not an accident that our protagonist is a photographer, apparently a really good one. There's just so many details like that that really stack and help theme the film very well.
2: I think one of the most interesting ones, because it's not the thing that I would have expected had you kind of given me the basic idea of this movie, uh, you, the, the setting is not... This is a white family that clearly hates black people. It is a white family that feels very liberal in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, the the people at this uh, party are really praising a lot of things about him. Like they're saying, you know, it, it's cool to be black. It's, you know, you've, you've got a really good athletic You're structure handsome. to you. Very handsome, that kind of thing. Sure. But the way that it's all played shows you how things like that can be said in a way that it comes off dehumanizing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which, and which, I think, which it is. I mean, hard, they literally like, auctioned for him later. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is dehumanizing.
2: Exactly. But it's just such a clever way of doing that because, you know, the the obvious way to do this is some sort of, like, weird redneck Republican family. Right, that like are, she
1: happens to live down in, like, yeah, the bayou kind and of And they're making
2: slaves out of, out of these black people. Like, that's the way I would expect something like this to go. But instead, it's these people trying to become black people and really fetishizing that experience and that, you know, that life.
4: Yeah, and I mean, like, the whole weekend, if you will, it goes from, like, an awkward, kind of awkward situation with him and his girlfriend dealing with her parents to extremely uneasy. Mm -hmm. As soon as they, like, he wakes up in the middle of the night, from that moment forward, everything feels uneasy it just it goes from like Mm -hmm. a really awkward first encounter with with like your girlfriend's parents and then it turns into something that like just as an audience member i go i personally felt okay that was awkward okay now moving on but like i felt like an actual sense like i just
2: feel off I love the early part of this movie the most personally, and that's because they do such a good job of juggling the awkward with the sinister. There are moments that are clearly really like uncomfortable, but it's only socially uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There's no actual danger behind it. I mean like when his dad is saying, you know I would have voted for Obama a third time, like just going too far with you know showing like, how okay like, he is with that his right. daughter's dating a black guy but immediately within that same kind of context you've got this you know the the black housekeeper lady that oh, is she's so creepy she is at every turn and she's so creepy by being so nice and smiley that it's just well, like uh
3: i for me like that is exactly what my response was the first time i watched it but when i watched it this time it, it was sort of that like I got, a, I, I got a vibe that maybe what they're really going for, though, is sort of what's actually happening is that they're white people, very old white people, yeah. trapped in black people's bodies. And it's just, it's almost like they're just such a weird disillusionment there where they seem, in all of their personality and in all of their movements, completely detached from. Uh, basically their 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 ethnicity like they they do not bend blend with our protagonists at all they don't mm-hmm. bond in that way that like is sort of unspoken you know within that community any, any and good... the, in fact they seem incredibly like, Removed, like intentionally removed. Like even when yeah. he goes for the the pound, like anyone knows what that means. But he just he, he weirdly handshakes it, and it's kind of played for a little bit of a laugh. But it's an uncomfortable laugh, and right? Like, yeah. How
1: on earth do you not
3: get this? What is really going on here?
1: Well, I think there it's even more a dis dis association with their age. Right, because these are old people who've come to inhabit these new bodies, and you see that when he doesn't know what a fist bump, right? Mm-hmm. A fist bump's not a black person thing, right? Yeah. Like no. everyone knows what a fist bump is, but old people might not. Right, and, and, and you see that again snitch. later. Yeah, when she's like snitch, yeah. he's like, yeah, like, I'm not trying to rat you out, and she doesn't know what that means either. She's like, oh, you mean to tattle tale. It's like, okay, you're a very old person for some reason because at that point you still don't know.
4: Well, and and also like with the whole – like when she's having that like very long monologue where she's talking about like unplugging your cellular phone. And it's just like so – just like what is going on? Like she looks like a normal person, but what is going on? And it's like just that like not knowing of – the circumstances that are involved that like really throws you for a loop and especially like with the ending
2: i also wonder just to a certain degree if like those two were some of the first people that had this operation done and it's just not perfected on them because they're beyond just like i'm an old person in a different body weird well like, i think they are also actively they actively seem damaged in a lot of ways and that would make sense given what they've been
4: through well and right. and and because of their age there's some wear and tear to your brain right and so it might also just be that where yeah. it's just they are old and their brains don't work quite right but they have a body now that will allow them
1: to uh do what they want but it's being trapped with that brain still so we we've kind of been jumping around just as our <laughs> initial impressions but for those for our listeners who maybe haven't seen the film yet Let's do try and go through it a little bit. So at the beginning, um, the very opening scene that we all said we enjoyed so much, mm-hmm. um, we see a black guy walking through a very <laughs> obviously like a well kept suburb area, and even he and even he comments on like I, I stick out like a sore thumb here, like this yeah. is really weird. And he's making those comments just like you can tell he feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. A car pulls up does a U-turn behind him and pulls up next to him real slowly. I love
2: the way the camera follows that, but it's out of focus. It gives yeah. you a real sense of that guy's perspective in the moment of he's he's aware of it. He knows what's happening, but he's not looking at it. He's just periphery paying attention to it because yeah, this is legitimately a dangerous situation. All of a sudden,
3: it's it's very John Carpenter in that like a lot of the stuff that is provides the most tension in the movie is the stuff that the camera chooses to let us see and that's not just like what it's intentionally putting in the frame it's what's intentionally being left outside of the frame Mm -hmm. you know we see we see that there's a car there but we don't see that someone's out of the car until it's too late and even then all we see is the open door Mm -hmm. which gives Mm -hmm. you that sort of question mark like well where is he and then he just pops out of, you know, frame right. And it, it really does work really, really
4: well. And, like, for Peel, like, with him being, like, this is his first, like, motion picture, like, actual, like, full-length film. He does – I think he does an amazing job with framing everything. Oh, Like, it's yeah. very intentional. It's an and thing. it works so well with, like, with a horror or suspense movie like this where you're not necessarily always given the full picture, especially for – a movie where
1: you're not given the full story right. as well. The, the camera work and the soundtrack stand out as being just exceptionally well done. And the sound design yeah. also, yeah. which we'll get to later when
3: that really comes to a head. But, like, it's awesome.
1: So we, we cut from from our dude walking through the suburbs getting kidnapped mm-hmm. um, by this car that just kind of slowly pulls up behind him. And all of a sudden, he gets jumped and thrown in into the... Uh, into the trunk of the car. Into the trunk, yeah. Uh, and then... Then we get to meet our main character, mm-hmm. right? And uh, his name is Chris. Uh, he's a photographer living in, I mean, it looks like they they live in the city. You right, can tell yeah. they're in some apartment. And his girlfriend, I can't remember her name. Liz? Yeah, its I think it is Liz. Okay.
2: I feel like we should look that up so we're not saying the wrong name for the rest of the podcast. We
4: can just call her a white girl. We don't always go by names. Becky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> With the good hair. Uh, Rose. 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 Oh, yeah. It's not Not Liz Liz at all. Not Liz. (laughs)
1: Kind of close. So we're we're introduced to our main characters, Chris, and his girlfriend, Rose. uh, And they're packing to go meet Rose's parents. Chris is going to meet Rose's parents for the first time. And one of the things he says while getting ready is, you know, hey, do they know that I'm black? Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, along with what we've seen just beforehand with the abduction, that definitely sets the scene for – there's an opportunity for there to be some racial tension because her parents don't yet know that he's black, right? And he doesn't know how big a deal that is, that's going to be, despite right. her assuring him that no, no, no they're going to be, you know, my dad's going to be a weird dad, but other than that, like, right. they're going to be fine, kind of thing. Yeah, they're not. And racists. I
2: really like this actor and everything that I've seen him in him, which is admittedly two things: this and an episode of Black Mirror. But he's really, really good in both of those those pieces that I've seen from him. I also yeah.
3: love uh, Ashley Williams. Oh man, yeah. her she performance is like she has such a difficult role with everything that's expected of her in this movie Very yeah, like so. it, like it, later Allison. on there's a performance that just like blows me away like I don't even know how you would have directed that let alone acted it but yeah. she, she crushes it right yeah and I yeah, I, I completely echo that. I'm really excited to see him. He's got a couple other projects coming up. Okay. I believe he's in I believe he's in Black Panther. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So like it's it's really cool. Like it it's also cool because like this movie had such a low budget, like and it did so well at the box office. Yeah, it and feel it's a, that way. it's original content. You know, like it's completely original and it was, you know, top billing box office material. Yeah. And it's really mm-hmm. awesome to see a lot of these uh uh not all these actors are unknown, but a lot of them are.
2: I just put something really obvious together the the guy who's like get out get out that's the guy from the first scene
1: oh yeah, yeah you yeah. <laughs> You're just now putting that together? <laughs> it's the, it's the oh, facial boy. hair versus him being completely shaved. I, 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 can, see me I can
3: see it. I can see it. And I think that's intentional. But
1: our TSA friend like points it out at multiple points. No, yeah.
2: no. But he doesn't say he's that guy from the opening. He says and it's he a would guy that disappeared that was that in the like. opening. Yeah, sure. I did, I, it just now, like, I was going well, right to the whole And the
4: whole mask
2: thing and the car. Yeah, like, yeah, and it being really dark in the scene and him being in the shadow a lot of the time. It just didn't click with me until just now.
3: Anyway. No, I, it's, I, it's, it's all right. My, my first viewing, I had no idea the grandpa was the guy who beat – uh who, who lost to the guy who uh, beat Hitler's <laughs> – Oh, my gosh. I
2: still I, am very weirded out by him running in the middle of the night. <laughs> Do okay, we'll friends. get to that. We'll
3: get to that. <laughs> but um, I, I did get it this time. So,
2: <laughs> you know, there, there's
3: so much – like. D-D-L. Data Like, yeah. there's there, so much there's stuff so to much process. Detail. Like, mm-hmm. there, there is a lot of excuse, I think, to miss a couple of things, like, on yeah. your first viewing. And sure. I think
4: you can watch, like, the whole movie and not just, and just, like, actually get a full idea of the picture and just be like, okay, I know exactly what was going on, but still come back to it later and just like, Oh, actually I didn't realize that, but it doesn't necessarily change what you thought about the entire like original thought that you had. Yeah, it's just yeah. an extra piece added in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're
1: they're heading so out, out. They're to heading there. And and I like this introduction to Rose specifically as well, because Her argument's very believable. Her like the way she's ble- and we find out later that she's sinister, right? Yeah. But here it's, it's very her performance is great and they seem like a very loving couple. She is
2: awesome like and feels very supportive in every situation right up until she makes her turn like right. I, I and, always and I believe think that she's that they have on really her good
1: side. chemistry too
3: and it's it's a catch 22 like the, well not really catch 22. she that her niceness works in her sinister favor so well it does. and that that plays directly into the next big scene which is basically the car accident. Because that ends with uh, the officer trying to be like, hey, well, like, sir, can I see your ID? And maybe the officer is being racist and she seems like she's being, you know, like anti-racist, like trying to be the good guy here. But later on, we realized that that's a defensive play because if they had ID'd him, they would have known he was in the area. And when he went missing, they would have known to look for him oh, there. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's yeah.
2: crazy. Like, the, the details. It's crazy yeah. how it plays. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, that's a real good point. Hm. Well, and I, I, the the
4: feeling I got from her, uh, at least as far as when they're still in the, in the apartment, is that she's just like, I don't care what my parents think. And, well, like, they, I'm, I, I, it almost felt like she was being sincere, but also, like, she's being the rebellious daughter and doesn't care what her parents see, actually think.
2: But I that's that so much as I got, like, she really just has never considered the idea that her parents could have any racist tendencies. Like, it just has never occurred to her that maybe they would be insensitive or, like, that the I would have yeah. voted for Obama a third time if I could have thing might be a little weird and, mm-hmm. and you know, overstepping things. Like it just has never occurred to this girl, in in the impression that I got. But yeah. I can see what you're talking about as well. But yeah, I think I think that that scene with the deer is also in a lot of ways really haunting, just because of the sound that it makes before yeah. oh, you know man. as he's trying to get to it. And
3: thematically, yeah. it really it really um, sort of pairs well with his past. It does. You know how his mom so. got hit? Was, she, his mom died in a hit and run. Right, and, and we it, find that
1: out later. But in this scene, like I was kind of struck by how much. Them hitting a deer kind of messed him up for a while. It was like, maybe it's because he's from the city, but like, sure, you get shook at the initial jump from surprise you hit a deer. Right. But he seems to be taking it way too hard. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I, we later know. Yeah. Later when, when we're able to connect those dots to his past, it, it's a lot better. But again, it's just, it's really interesting seeing them work that into his story and show, and show him. React very genuinely to events mm-hmm. that are happening. Yeah, it
2: yeah. really sells the moment at the end when uh, he is sitting there after hitting the grandma, or the you know housekeeper grandma person. Right and. Like he's sitting there he fighting him with himself and he can't bring himself to leave her, even though mm. the audience is doing the stereotypical horror audience thing of screaming at the screen saying, No, just, just drive off. It's
1: justified but in this point. Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's it not makes perfect. He's not sense. walking up the stairs to open the door where we all know the killer is just because he's dumb. Right. right. Well, and he he's doing th- it because it's been established that this is something that's haunted him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like. No, his character would do this. It mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah. Well, exactly.
4: and I don't think he I don't think he at this point has a clear understanding of everything that's happened,
2: yeah. and um, he's also he, been he's, in several fights for his life. He's pretty
1: hurt at this point, you know, again, yeah. we're jump we're jumping a bit ahead. yeah,
2: <laughs> but but I mean, like
4: this whole scene, it just it made me feel like something was off with him as well, mm-hmm. just because of like how he was just slowly walking toward like towards the deer. and it's just like, what are you doing? Like why are you being so creepy about this? And and then to just like have it just jump cut back into um
2: the talking like her talking with the police officer mm-hmm. and like
4: oh yeah like yada yada
2: yada. Yeah. And you know, another thing that we're introduced to at this point is his friend, is it Cole? Is that his name? Rodney. Rod. Rod I don't know do, why we can't do names today. Rod. Uh, Rod is... Rod's the best. Rod's uh, you know, delightful. Talking about, you know, the way that they manage tension in this film, Rod is a very needed breath of fresh air at a lot of points. Like, it, he gives you a chance to just, like, ease back a little bit and breathe, even when the situation that he's dealing with is clearly a very tense one. He's funny enough in those scenes that it lets you have a moment of a lull before things kick
1: back into full gear again. Right, so R- Rod is Chris's friend uh, who mm-hmm. works at the TSA. Uh, he's dog-sitting for them while they're gone, and... At several points during the movie, Chris ends up calling Rod just because he's stressed out and wants to chat with his bud, that kind of thing. Yes,
2: and someone that, who understands right. him and could get the perspective that he has on this whole situation. And
3: as we all know, his experience with the TSA will be very invaluable <laughs> of to, of the, to the oncoming investigation.
2: <laughs> but I do think it is really important that this guy is literally his only connection with someone who will get what he's saying without him having to explain it. Like, yeah. even his girlfriend... when. when. she's being on his side,
1: can't 100% get it. What do you mean my dad's being weird? What
2: do you mean he's being weird? Or like, okay, so she unplugged your phone accidentally. Why is that a big deal? Why is that creeping you out? Like this whole situation, Rod is just instantly on his side and understands where he's coming from and why it's such a weird thing. And the fact that he is separated by significant distance and a phone that can die, is really makes it clear that this is his tether to the outside world and it could snap at any time. I, well, and
3: I, I believe few film friendships the way I believe their friendship. Mm-hmm. Like they, oh, yeah. they, they really seem like, and I think it's what you're setting up. Like he's the only one in his life who gets it. Like mm-hmm. he, he gets everything that he's putting forward. He's like, this family is acting weird. I don't know if it's just me. It just, it really seems weird. Like the, look at these guys, they're acting strange. Like, what, what do you think of this? And he's like, yeah, it's weird, man. <laughs> well, There's some Jeffrey think... Dahmer
2: things going on in that house. <laughs> well,
4: and I think part of like why that works so well is the fact that I mean, people get put in a situation where it's like, this feels weird, but everybody seems to be chill and cool with everything, but it seems off to me, and you go back and talk to somebody that's, you know, from a similar background as you, and they're like, oh no, that's totally screwed up, like, yeah, you need to get out of there, <laughs> like, it's just that idea of, like, being in a an environment where you're not comfortable, or where you're not, like, that is not what you have grown up with, and to suddenly be put in that environment just, like, everybody doesn't acknowledge that to you, but you
2: talk to somebody that's... Yeah, like, and it doesn't even have to be something on the level of you need to get out of there. It can just be a, dude, I'm talking with my girlfriend's dad and he is being so awkward about me being black. Like, it yeah. is really, really uncomfortable. Can you believe that he said such and such? And her brother is the weirdest pothead oh I've gosh. ever seen. That's true. He, we get, we, get, introduced, so we get introduced to her oh, family. Man.
1: And, and it's... One of the things I really like just in, I don't know if it's Peele's directing or, or what it is, but so much of once we get to the parents' house and we start to see, you know, we get introduced to the family and to the house and the yard and all all this and that and this and that, he does such a good job of making everything seem like It's very normal, but it feels off for some reason, and he doesn't let you place why it feels off yet. There's
3: just little things like, I mean, we we immediately get the same impression he kind of has where there's all these, you know, there's these uh, uh, black people in the garden, you know, and they're acting weird. And and even, like, there's this very long establishing shot of the house. And the house, like, there's a lit... It's such a wide open space, like half of me is like eh, it looks a little plantation-y but then i'm like no it doesn't it, it looks it just looks new england-y it's like i'm a like, lake house. well it's a it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b and i wonder if like even like down to that detail that i believe that's like a little intentional just to make you go like there's it, it it feels weird pointing it out saying like yeah this this feels a little a little like it's staging something up here but also like look where it turns out you know what i mean like it it, it, it there's so many just little moments that are just strange like even that the dad's going out of his way to point out like oh look where i got these these vases you know like uh <laughs> oh even look at all this like,
2: stuff it's, i know it's a little weird that i have black servants yeah like, uh, uh, let's yeah. go ahead
3: and talk about it like he's the trying to get at room. he's trying to get ahead of it you mm-hmm. know like it and it, it comes across as like well why'd you even bring it up yeah <laughs> you it's know what so I mean? defensive like, <laughs> like it just mm. yeah
1: and the mom also is very off-putting like she's so nice that it's weird.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Like, and, I think not really was putting is when they bring up the hypnotism thing. Because, I don't know about you guys. They seem way
1: too gung-ho about it.
2: Exactly. Like, the dad is way too forceful about it. And the wife is, like, trying to hold him, like, to get him to ease back on it. Like, she gets that it's weird. But at the same time, like, her being as nice as she is in this scenario, there's just something uncomfortable about it. It's also yeah. just the
3: fact that it's all, like, you know, now that we know later, that it's actually just a bit. You know, that yeah. they're just trying to, like, find an opening to get him into it. And that's when they, they really, when they hear about the smoking, they just lock in on that a little too hard. The
2: smoking and his mom, those two things. Yeah. And that's yeah. what she uses to get into his head. Yeah. And, you like, another thing is that you know that his girlfriend is playing along with this whole bit. Like, that whole mm-hmm. thing of, oh, you didn't realize that this thing that we were doing was this weekend? she like she feels so genuine even when i know a hundred percent that she's just just straight up lying and this has been the entire plan she just nails feeling like genuine oh crap i did not realize that this super weird party that we have is gonna be this weekend
3: and they've done it like 10 times yeah like, that's crazy like oh, oh. I
1: mean, she she feels she feels like the girlfriend who's who's made to feel awkward by her family overreacting to her new boyfriend. and she does Mm -hmm.
2: seem to totally get it when they're back together, you know, alone getting ready for bed that night. Like, she seems to be on his side and and getting how weird and awkward that whole thing was. And and I think a big part of that is the way the brother's acting, because he's getting drunk, and he is just the biggest douche. Like, I cannot stand this guy. He's the biggest bro. I was
3: immediately like, well, I hate that guy.
2: Yep. <laughs> just The moment I saw like that talking. facial hair, I'm just like, you. <laughs>
3: and, and that honestly to me was like the biggest hint that like I felt uneasy. But mm-hmm. once like he started talking while drunk, I was certain that there was like a conspiracy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. because the fact that he's like being so pushy and no one's really trying to stop him is just like this is wrong. Like, there is just something very, very wrong with this. The fact that he's getting up and he's, like, threatening to, like, tackle him or do jiu-jitsu or whatever, it's like – this would not be acceptable in any circumstance, and he calls no. him—he literally calls him a beast. <laughs> like,
1: whoa! No, I mean, whoa! No, but at the time, like, it's—but it's, you can put at the that time through. you can put it off as this is a drunk dude, bro, yeah, right? Like, you can. Put yeah. Oh man, if you took of, karate, you'd be oh, a total no. beast.
3: No, yeah. no, the I mean, way he says it though, it sounds so sinister, and it definitely sounds like he's race. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying you
2: can 100% no. put it in a perspective through a lens of this guy's just not thinking about what he's saying because he's clearly had way too much to drink. It's just not occurring to him that he's doing this. You can put it in that lens. Either way it works and that's the genius of every part of this beginning scene is that all of it can play super sinister and all of it can play just plain ordinary awkward and because you don't know where you are in that spectrum, that's what makes the tension so effective in here because that's what the essence of tension is it's not knowing what the proper reaction is in a situation
1: right it's just amazing it's, yeah it's oh. and, and it's very off putting mm-hmm. uh and, and yeah. chris to your point i think that on second watching maybe maybe i'd agree with you that what he's saying here is very sinister well i think but on I the think... first watching at this point in the movie i'm still okay this is a now Obviously, I had it spoiled for me, so I know it's coming, but still, watching it through the first time, you're like, okay, yeah, they're, they're being awkward, and you can tell that this, you know. I- He's coming home from college, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like this is the guy that would be selling the frat house weed in a college movie. <laughs> this like, guy is who this guy is.
2: This guy took three taekwondo classes and thinks he's a badass now, and he right. just wants to show it off to literally
1: everyone he can. But again, there's there's small things that are off-putting, like maybe the way that he says something, or the way that the dad doesn't tell him to shut up. He just kind of mm-hmm. lets him say his piece, and then afterwards says, "Maybe we should change the topic." Right? But I like yeah. that
2: the dad does look uncomfortable as these things are being said. Like, there's just so many little moments where you can read different things. Well, in and I, every, not, I think part of that
4: might just be because he's getting drunk and is like might spill everything. and
3: might just kick this off right. before yeah, they even I have a time. That's how I read it. Like the second yeah. watching, is that I I think that everyone sort of has that air. And that that definitely speaks to Rick's point that on your first watching you read it one way, but on a repeated watching you see it completely differently. Yeah, yeah. And you realize what the truth of the matter is. And I think I think what makes it so creepy though, because up up till this point, you know, it's it, it feels like a little more than social anxiety. Like, mm-hmm. from our character's perspective, like, that's all it is because how on earth would he jump to the conclusion that, like, Ra jumps to? You know, that, that seems ludicrous before we have all the information. But it ends up being very close to accurate. Right. And, but it just feels like even then, as the audience, this this feels like there's more to this. You well, know?
1: and and I, I want to give... I, I keep saying it, but I want to give props to Peel because I think a big part of this is the way that he, you know, I, I mentioned at several points, wow. There's nothing specifically sinister about this scene, but the way that, he, that he's angled the close-up on this person's face makes me very uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. feels
3: sinister, even though it doesn't seem like it right. ought to be sinister. He's,
1: he's used all the tools of his craft to make something mm-hmm. that makes you feel tension, even though, like, if it was a wide-angle shot of the room none of none of that tension would be there it's the way that he's focusing in on these people's faces and especially for the housekeeper and the groundskeeper later mm-hmm. when when we get a close up of them their face just seems very plastic it's, it 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 looks put on right which we find out later that it is right but in this but it feels like there's a facade there yeah mm-hmm. i love
2: that he's also just not leaning on music to make his point everywhere. There's music and there's points where the music is used to emphasize what's going on, but a lot of times these scenes are just quiet. There's no music in the background. It's just pure acting and where the camera is that sells you on what is so creepy. And like, for example, at the dinner table, when we see that Chris is looking into the dining room as the mom goes in there, and we see the, the grandmother, housekeeper, just staring at him that's it. There's no like music to it. It's not sinister in Literally any way. Give it except...
1: any additional attention other than hey, the door opened and she's just staring. Exactly. And the and door's and closed and that's it. Mm-hmm. But that, but that that is also a method of building tension. A oh, lot yeah. of times, so, a low. lot of like
4: yeah. a lot of movies, they guide the audience with music to show this is where tension is happening. But it's also builds tension, which like for the audience is like, okay, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. I
3: think it's unsettling when you don't use music yeah. because it's less clues to tell the audience how to feel. Exactly. And I think that makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. when you see someone doing something that seems a little alien and there's no other cues on screen audio or otherwise other than just what's there that can be very unsettling in the right environment and i think i think it is the skill of the director i i for the most part i'd always prefer no music to uh too much music because i feel like no music can rely on performance and pacing to carry a scene, and sometimes make a scene better than if it had a, an amazing score. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas often, actually, I mean, we when we watched uh, uh, sort of *The Stranger*, like music actually brought a lot of that. Film down. Yeah,
2: uh, and, he'll uses his, all of the tools in his toolbox with just perfect perfection. Like, and the that's music what makes it. The music, the perfect it's no perfection. It's, yep. I'm <laughs> a writer,
3: immaculate. <laughs> it, 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 there's no accident that so much of the music that is used it has like that little element of like old South to it. Mm-hmm. I think uh-huh. I read something somewhere that he wanted to use more like remixes of like slave songs, but it it never ended up working because the whole african-american experience in the south like within that time within that framework it was always like gospels which like had an element of hope that like always resonated with the melody mm-hmm. And unless you distorted it somehow like it, it just wouldn't work in this movie yeah. because yeah. the yeah. whole feeling of helplessness is necessitated by uh ugh, the the feeling of helplessness necessitates like uh, a lack of hope you know of right. feeling like you can't get out of the sunken place mm-hmm. and that's what makes it work so which, well
1: which the sunken place is is what's coming up pr- pretty much next uh, Chris and Rose go to bed and in the middle of the night he wakes up and he really needs a cigarette yeah because uh, he's a smoker and he's he's mentioned that he's trying to quit but you know he's he's trying to quit so he goes out and to take another smoke. And on the way there, we get just a real brief jump scare as Georgina, the housekeeper, just kind of walks past the hallway real fast, and <laughs> this well, no, startled me so much.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> which, coming. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is way like way literally, it's it's and this is this is one of two specifically jump a just the intentional other intentional jumps. Yeah, those two are just intentional. Like, ha, gotcha. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it feels like to me. It's like those are the quintessential jump scares that
1: you should be getting in a horror movie, but they don't do too much of it. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. But I like that the jump scares are small things, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not a jump scare, and here's Freddy Krueger behind you. It's oh, th- this was shocking, but you don't know whether that was important or not. Right.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a specific thing about it because there's there's two kinds of dr- jump stairs that I think are bad, and the worst of the, like one, and one of them is I don't like when it's just okay the bad guy's here, but we're just gonna give you a music sting to really hammer home how scary this should be instead of letting just the fact of the scene play out. But there's also the spring-loaded cat, and that's when yeah. you know in Alien when they are trying to find the alien and they open up a locker and for some reason the cat was in there and it jumps out and squeals at them like that is in my mind one of the worst things you can do because unless you you use it skillfully which i guess it can be used but it's a moment of cheap ah oh god but then you know okay i guess the tension's gone and so if unless you're using that lull in the tension afterwards it doesn't really work but it, i think it, it de- does values scare. the jump exactly well, but i think... think it does work here because of where this scene leads it gives you this quick jump scare but because nothing happens immediately after you're like okay maybe that was the th- only thing that's going to happen or is it i don't know like
1: well uh, yeah
2: well, and, and the
4: and the i would say that the jump scare is kind of cheap because the actual actions like don't necessitate a jump scare not not something that you'd be afraid of it's the that music cue that mm-hmm. really sharp note yeah. that kind of like gets you jump and scared and not and take like takes you out or
3: I don't think but, I don't I don't think we in either of these examples have really like necessitated a cheap jump scare. It's not this one. No, I think no, no. It's definitely no I don't.
4: No, I. am not saying it's it's cheap in the fact that it doesn't provide something like it's not actually. It's a spring-loaded cat. There's it, no it, real danger. This there. This one though. is like a spring. Yes, like is the no, but spring-loaded. No, you don't know ca- whether the danger is there. Exactly. Because and you don't know whether this, she's
1: sinister or not. And that's why well, no, this one. No, but there's nothing. But there's.
4: There's no follow up to it. It's just like, oh, yes, scare- No, no there isn't. Yes, not there not is. until the it's end not, of the movie.
2: Okay, yeah, there that, is not, not a
1: her specifically, there's, but
2: the a scene has follow up. There's not a specific danger that happens here. The reason this particular spring loaded cat works is that you still don't know how to feel after what happens here. And there's so many things here that are happening that are disorienting because why is that guy suddenly running at him in the night? Why is George like looking at herself in the mirror over and over again? Why, what's why going on in this whole situation? When it's yeah.
3: clearly established that the entire house should be asleep because yeah. all the lights are off. And like, why, of that, what are they doing? Like, and
2: all no, of that not different not stuff. Uh, th- no, no. are rolling
1: your eyes, but look. Yes, because in you, spring- did, you no, 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 no. interrupted no, in me. It's a spring-loaded cat, if it's jumping out of the cupboard at you, it's you're done because, oh, it's a cat. I know how I should feel about it. I know that that was a jump scare that doesn't have any weight because the cat isn't inherently dangerous. In this one, we see her walk past, and we don't know where she's going. We don't know if she's coming after him. We know that she shouldn't be up right now. Unless she so just had weird. to go take a piss in the middle of the night. But that's yeah, but not going to fit in this movie. We've already had her established
2: as one of the most sinister things in this house. If
1: this was, if this was Piss Takers the movie, then sure. She hasn't been established She's been the creepiest sinister. thing with her whole
2: like, staring this at this things, shot, smiling like she's well, crazy. No, if you'd
4: actually let me finish what I was trying to say beforehand, uh, I said this like felt like a massively cheap jump scare and it sets the audience like it it scares the audience and gets everybody like riled up and then it kind of like lets you calm back down with him you know going outside taking a smoke just like what the heck was going on and then immediately cuts back to the forest where the grand, what the groundskeeper is just running directly at him. And then at that point, it's kind of like that's that's where the payoff is. The actual jump scare, there's no payoff. But, so it's but not the, a cheap jump
1: scare. Yeah, but we, have to, but we
4: have to wait 30 seconds to, to but, get but any follow-up. Not, but we're That not is a cheap jump scare. down. A, no, but that's a cheap jump scare. It's a cheap not. jump scare is where like, ooh, I'm gonna scare you with something that has nothing to do with anything, and then five seconds later. Oh, now you're going to be no, scared. No, it would and have been a been cheap and if he, like jumped jump the right back out. Oh
1: no, the vase is falling in the ass. Okay, even, like, let's no. even if it
3: was cheap, I don't care because it scared no, me it and works. I liked it.
1: <laughs> no, it really, it really does. I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but I'm saying that there's nothing to be scared of in this scene. You don't know whether there's something to be scared of or not. It's not the dog walking across the floor. No, it's it a is. You, it's, we, a yeah, it's a person and you It's a person. We no, do know but, why.
4: No, but the jump scare is
1: necessitated by the music. The it music would be, gives you that it, sharp we, note that it scares It still be creepy if we've gone around this one enough times. Let's move on no, to the next be, thing. Because yes, it would have been. It was creepy when she was in the kitchen just staring at him. There was no music it's there. Not.
4: <laughs> eh?
2: Guys, let's no, let's no,
4: it's not it's not like it can't be creepy if they if the person in the movie doesn't know that he's like that. There should be a scare that is strictly only for the. You audience. guys have repeated
2: yourself enough times. We can move on to the next thing. Uh, sunken place. The sunken place is super freaking creepy, and this whole scene leading into it is really really creepy. And I think it's great because of how hard it relies on the actors to get
1: across how weird and creepy this is. And and it works because of how we get there. Because Chris comes back in. Grandpa's just booking it towards him. or No, we don't know that it's Grandpa yet. Sorry. The groundskeeper is booking it towards him. And just veers and off. And veers off without saying anything. He freaks out, doesn't smoke a cigarette, and comes back inside. And Rose's mom is just sitting there waiting for him in the parlor. Which, she's in the dark and then clicks on the light
2: as soon as he comes by, like he's some kid that's been out too late. And Yeah, it's, it's
1: <laughs> like the stereotypical, of like, what time is it? Yeah, exactly. You're in if like, curfew kind of thing. She's, I mean, that's, like, fully clothed. Like it, it's
3: kind of like she she has like she, she has like one hundred
2: percent naked like the rest of us <laughs> are after ten p.m. No, like, like she's she's like wearing
3: jeans and like like a shawl and like she's like she looks like she's ready for like like Sunday a at psychiatry like, <laughs> uh, or one of her psychiatry <laughs> yeah. sessions. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's like I'm getting the impression it's like one in the morning, you know, like that. At least, right, yeah, and uh, that's so
1: funny to me. Like it's almost like she's just like.
3: At some point tonight He is going
1: to wake up (laughs) I love In this scene When She asks him about You know Do you Do you want to know how it works Talking about her hypnosis That she Mm -hmm. Does for her patients and and he says something along the lines of, "What are you going to wave a stopwatch in front of me?" And she's like, "Oh, you've been watching too much TV." And that's when she starts stirring her tea, and you get this very repetitive sound of just the spoon scraping against mm-hmm. the China. Oh, This like, is where the sound also, like, design goes, yes, comes
4: it goes in. it goes in and out where she's like just like giving him the cues a little bit, and then she'll stop, and then she'll do it again like uh, at in the dinner, like during dinner, she
2: does the ding 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 like just to like mm-hmm. kind of
4: like a a hard stop. Yeah,
2: she controls the pace of the conversation with the sound she's making. Mm -hmm. And... I really, really specifically like the moment that, for me, where this scene really turns on the creepiness. And it's when he says, I don't want to think about that. And then immediately starts talking about it. She just keeps doing it, and he seems to be fighting it, and he doesn't know what's going on, and he's smiling and kind of laughing in a nervous way, and starts going into it. And that's the moment where it feels like he has lost control of himself. Mm -hmm. And that's what really turns the screws of this scene for me. And it's great
1: because we learn so much about both of these characters characters where we get the backstory for Chris Mm -hmm. what happened with his mom where a little bit at least yeah uh, yeah, where she was the victim of a hit and run Mm -hmm. and he just said didn't do anything he just sat there watching TV as a little kid and we also learn this is the first very sinister turn where we're like okay now I can point at her and say she's a bad guy,
2: right. right? But the way that he just wakes up afterwards, you're like, okay, was yeah. that some kind of really weird? But she dream she hypnotizes
1: had? him, and and after getting all this information out of him, she's just like, you fall through the floor. And he's like, what? And that's where we get <sighs> in the sunken place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like man. and like so how
4: weird. how that like transitions between like him like falling through, and then it goes back to his memory as a kid, and his him like falling back in the bed, mm. and all of that happening like in. Like in sequence,
1: and then he's just float like seems to be just floating in space. Visually, I love the way they present the sunken place, it where is so cool. the only window into the actual world with what's happening is like a staticky TV screen. That as this, soon as this she this closes eyes. the eyes, yeah. you, like
2: I love that she does one eye at a time, and you see him go like into half shadow and then completely darkness. Like that's just such good visual storytelling. It's hard yes. to get over how impressive. It is to convey the information that is needed to be conveyed with that all visually. And and how
3: in the sunken place, like, you can see that he's trying to say things, but he can't. It's completely silent. You just hear, like, the void. Mm-hmm. Like, it just sounds like he's drifting through space. And the way
2: that her voice echoes as it oh, comes man. to him.
3: It's mm-hmm. so, like, it, you feel helpless for Chris. Like, yeah. it is so strong.
1: And I think another thing that this does well is later on, when— when we finally get the piece of information that despite the old people coming in, living in these bodies now, that they're actually still in there observing what's going on, they just can't control anything. Having seen the sunken place, at, like it's very easy to to understand sitting and watching a TV mm-hmm. and not being able to impact anything that's happening on the TV, right? Because that's what we're doing. <laughs> right, but but that works very well as a visual. If, yeah. if all they've done is said, You'll be in there, but you won't be able to control what's happening. Like that's very much in the imagination. But the idea of him being in that sunken place where he's screaming but no sounds coming out, and he's kind of shaking his fist trying at the TV screen, mm-hmm. but there's no sound. It's just silence other than what's coming from that screen. That's a very effective visual that helps us understand later on what the weight is of saying that they're gonna get that he's gonna get trapped in in his own body. and how long these other people have been
2: in that situation and and what's happened to them. Right,
1: you can imagine like the guy from the very beginning when we see him later in his in his straw hat and everything. Mm-hmm. You can imagine him in, you know, that black that blank void with all the stars and you can just imagine him like sh- screaming and shaking up at the TV screen where he, the old dude who bought his body is at the party. That kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you can imagine that happening. I think yeah. I think what they decided for the visual of this sunken place works really, really well. Yeah. So then
2: we get to that party. Like, that's basically Uh, the next thing. And this is the most awkward series of events possible. Oh, man. It is,
3: like, there's not a lot of responses you can have except to laugh. And, like, this is the only... There's not a lot of moments in this movie that I feel like you can justify calling it a horror comedy, which Mm -hmm. is probably its most popular, like genrefication, but it it does land, I think, well here because it is both uncomfortable and like it it's kinda of funny. Like there you can't really react I mean, in any even, other way to it. Even like,
2: Chris in the movie is is kinda laughing about the situation. Like that's and that's the only thing that he can do like he he can't really make a scene about this because he doesn't want to because you know he's he there with his girlfriend and he doesn't want guy to be the guest he doesn't, doesn't want to ruin church. the party exactly yeah but at the same time they're saying some incredibly uncomfortable things to him
1: i mean one old lady like straight, straight- up she's like is it true what they say that they're bigger down there after
4: feeling feeling the after like up. feeling up his arms yeah like well and like the the thing I, that was mentioned earlier about how the father kind of didn't like let things happen and then said, "Okay, now we need to move away." After it was done, we see the same exact thing happen now with with him and his girlfriend, where she's not really. Where earlier with the police, she stepped in and was like, "No, no, no, you need to calm down. You need to back off." Now she's just like letting it happen and just like, "Wow, that was really awkward. Let's go talk to somebody else." Or letting him dictate yeah, when like he left. There are a now couple times she where seems, she
2: where she's like, "Did she really just say that?" Yeah, but but she's doing it after the fact. She's not yeah. like. She's not stepping in and and taking care of things. It's so
3: much scarier when you realize that they're, like, shopping. Yeah. That That they're window shopping this guy. And that woman was... Going to do exactly what Rod was afraid of. She's shopping for a sex slave. Yeah, like, like that, she's gonna
2: crazy. put. That's crazy. Well, it's not even a sex slave. She's gonna put the guy she's in gonna the put body. her husband, yeah,
3: in a new Who's sexier body. In, well, in from that, from that thing. well, from Chris's yes. perspective. Well, from Chris's perspective, that yeah, happens absolutely. because he'll be present and not want any part of right, that, right? Like that is what he is, you know? Right, like, right. Yeah. Which
2: in a way is even worse like yeah, it's uh, uh
3: no it, it mm. feels like a fate worse than death like yeah. the, what this movie puts forward it's just it's insane to mm-hmm. think about well, like it, it's crazy
4: and then we we get a reprieve from that when he's talking to uh Stephen Root his character and uh, uh the blind art gallery dealer Yeah, and it's like they're actually like have a connection and which is he, his art. yeah exactly and he's just like uh, like Somebody gets it, like, mm-hmm. and like they can actually have a conversation about um photography and art, and mm-hmm. like they act, it seems like they really actually get a connection with each other. And then that moves right into him talking to Logan and Ooh. being really awkward oh, with the man. he's like, Oh, I'm really glad that there's somebody else like me
1: here. Which and Lo- Logan is the dude from the beginning, correct? Is now Chris was, was happy just telling be married me, married uh, to his. Sixty year old. This is
2: another one where I'm just I'm I I gotta think that there's something wrong with his procedure. Cause even this guy's not acting like a normal human being at any point.
1: I think it's just No, I think it's just I think it's how just how do you portray like how not, do you portray seventy plus year old white person
3: in a 20-something-year-old black Black person's man. body
1: like, trying to pretend like they fit in there.
2: I don't know, man. Like, it doesn't seem like he's – he has well, no that's... reason to try to fit in there. It's only a sense of, okay, I have to talk to this guy as though I'm normal, but, but I can't also, it's even it's his, no, but it. are not his identity, like, but he's trying like that. to put on a show. Maybe, but that's that's eh. not what I get personally from any of the encounters with anyone who's been taken over. I get there's actual physical damage. And it may go back to, like, these are really old people and there is actual wear and tear on your brain. Well, no. But there's just... There's something about this that isn't this is someone playing a part and doing it badly. There is something disconnected in a way between their actions and and what is coming out of their mouth it is as though to me at least there is some kind of fight going on between the two characters and someone oh, is winning is. but the two people in there are there is some level of tension between them mm-hmm.
3: oh definitely i i i would push back from using the exact phrase something went wrong with the procedure but i would suggest that where you're right is that the procedure does not completely eliminate yeah, and that's the original sort of what I mean. And they they point that out, though. Mm-hmm. They yeah. point that out that that's it's, just part of it. That, that... Yeah,
2: it's... it's When you think about this concept, you imagine, okay, it's just my brain is transferred into his body and I have complete control over it and that kind of thing. And that doesn't seem to be the case, which is just an interesting little twist to throw in there.
3: Yeah, I get what you're well, saying now. Like... I actually do agree that that is exactly what's happening. And because... It almost
4: feels like there's kind of a delay as yeah. well. Like, it's just like he's... There having to purposefully think about everything that they say and how yeah. they act and how like they need to keep up. At least he needs to keep up the charade as far as what's going on. But like, it just seems like, okay, well this is what I need to say next. Yeah.
1: And it just, it's just really slow he, and drawn he out. He's trying to keep up the charade. Cause he doesn't come introduce himself as like, hello, I'm Alfred Willersby. Right. Yeah. Like he's still pretending like he's this dude who just happens to be in this community, right? So, I mean, it definitely is putting on a show at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris gets weirded out, as expected, and goes up. I did, yes. (laughs) Yes, you did as well. But he goes up to his room to uh, text Rod. Rod, yeah. Rod again, and is this where he freaks out that his phone's been unplugged? Yeah. A little bit, yeah.
3: yeah. And this is where we get everyone goes silent. And, like, that I did not expect, and that made me very uncomfortable.
4: Well, the, um, is this before
1: or after the seizure? This is before. Okay. Which So he goes upstairs, and everyone in the living room kind of falls silent, which really puts the nail in the coffin as far as all of this is just a oh, performance yeah. they're putting upstairs, on yeah. mm-hmm. to get a good look at Chris. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, But he goes up. His phone's been unplugged, despite him plugging it in earlier. Mm-hmm. He freaks out a little bit to Rose. Yeah. And, and then, then they say that... Uh, is, is her name Georgina? Yeah. Georgina, yeah. yeah. Okay. Georgina comes in and tries to give her explanation and this is of... the creepiest apology. Oh my goodness. The yeah. close up on her face here. Again, this is what I was saying where there's nothing inherently like she's not like she's not bleeding from the eyes or something. Right like that. Like, there's she's nothing creepy. Not,
2: she's not blinking and she's got this enormous like Joker-like it's like a smile going on. smile. Yeah. And she's saying all this stuff in this really soft voice but being very specific with her words and not really understanding what he's saying even though what he's saying is completely normal and obvious. Yeah. Like just the whole setup of that is incredibly well, uncomfortable. Two and- things
3: make it really work for me and the first thing is just the framing. Like it, mm-hmm. she yes. feels too close to calm like she feels like she's pressing a little too much. Like I want, I want you to hear what I'm trying to communicate. And and when it cuts
1: to Chris, it's also that same close up, but he's pulled back. from the camera. You can tell he's away.
3: You brush your teeth or something because it smells. Right. But the second thing that really set me off was the like no 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 like the like the complete silence. No 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 no. She just there's this long no monologue and with. What we now know, like, I can't help but think that there's a subtlety of like because the subconsciousness is trying to push itself out there to warn Chris, that no was both a response to what Chris had just told her, but also her just trying to suppress that and trying to fight that, and that's so sinister mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. effective. Well, it's and how like it, it feels
4: like there's that pause on her, and then she goes like she has that like. Kind of like the very basic, like no, and then it kind of like becomes very sinister, but then very calm and sweet. And then she has that one tear, just like roll oh, yeah. down, and it just sets everything
1: just like. Well, I mean, my, the way I saw it was the, the two of them in her body were having a fight right then. Yeah, so she was saying no, 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 you stay down, and then the original Georgina lost. Yeah, and that and that was that.
3: Oh yeah. I mean that is definitely what happened.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um he has a conversation with Rod where Rod basically nails it on the head as he's far like, as what's who's, going who's on. You sex slave need to get them out. I mean, he basically he basically calls it. He he's like mm-hmm. she's hypnotizing them, making them their sex slaves and you can't do anything about it and this and that. And I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, but that's that's the gist of it. Is that they're being hypnotized into servitude, right? Yes. Uh which is funny because we can see it happening but again it's that it's it's a horror movie trope played on its head very well where the audience knows all the bad things that are happening before the characters do but i think this way of presenting that information works really well instead of just the we see the monster you know walking up on the house and then someone else is like i've got to go take a leak outside right like The way they present it here is a very effective way of us... Okay, we know what's going on now. Like, Mm -hmm. Rod just told us the plot of the movie.
2: But at the same time, like, if you don't know anything going in at this point, I like that him getting this, you know, snapping his picture maybe that's just something that triggers this guy and his screaming get out can just be like he's really mad about having his picture taken oh, and yeah. he's saying get out get out of here like make mm-hmm. trying to say for him to go because he's angry at him instead of trying to say no you need to escape I love that that sense of it even at this point even at this late stage in the movie there's different ways this could be going
1: yeah um what what happens next so he
2: kind of has his conversation with Rose they go down while like while the silent auction yeah. is
1: being intercut with that so chris tells rose hey this is too freaky we got to get out
2: well it's more he's just oh, kind of talking oh, cause about Rod, his because
1: no, rod's also told him it, has Rod told him at this point who the guy he snapped the picture of?
2: He has told him that. Like, he's t- telling him, like, we need to leave. Like, But it's not like an immediate we need to leave right now thing. Yeah. It's more of a, like, I'm not comfortable. We need to get out of here. And he kind of starts talking about what happened when he got hypnotized. And,
1: you know, we get into that a little bit. But He, the, also, the- he also talks about. Further, he tells us more about his backstory. With his exactly, mom. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But the thing that really hits home with me is this silent auction and just how creepy the whole thing is. Like, there's no reason for them to be doing it silently, except maybe he might hear it wherever he is. But at the same time, there's just something really sinister about the low angles of the shots and the way that he's, you know, putting his fingers up for the um the for hits. the bids and that final like slapping his. And that final slap in his fist t- to his hand to, you know, really say, okay, we're done. That's and slow deal. pan
1: up to f- to figure out what's going on, where all of a sudden the picture frame comes into view and it's Chris. Yeah. I mean, <sighs>
2: the the whitest
3: thing in history is now also the whitest hobby in history. Bingo is a slave auction. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is. It, it's weird, like, how... Dark and poetic, that is at the same time. Like it is very uncomfortable from moment one when like we see, you know, they're they're playing obviously some sort of game when he holds up the finger. And then we see bingo cards come up already filled out. And we're just like, this this isn't bingo, is it? (laughs) This is something else. And it's oh, it is very, Mm -hmm. very disturbing.
1: Yeah. Oof. Um, and then then after so the auction takes place, it's done. And by the time Chris and Rose get back to the house, it's nighttime, and all the all the guests of the auction are leaving. Um, yeah. So they go upstairs, and well, and and we th- find out that the the guy that won is the blind
3: artist. Yeah. Which, right. oh my goodness, yeah, like, the, how, the gallery, how, how like that? That was so frustrating, in like mm-hmm. the best way, mm-hmm. because like he was it, the nice guy. Well, he was the one person that I feel like we all would have hoped. You know, in this party full of passive racists, like this guy seems to get it. You know, yeah. and but you know, it, it's it's very interesting to me that the one guy who literally cannot see color is still a huge part of the problem, mm-hmm. and even one of the most direct sources of the problem.
1: Yeah, which well, and we'll uh, get to we'll, we'll get to more later as far as his his motivations. Yeah, um, but. When they initially get back to the house chris is like okay we talked about it you know you let's go ahead and pack we're getting out of here tonight and as rose is packing and getting her belongings chris sees the open closet again and decides to do a little bit of looking around uh and as he goes in there he finds a box with pictures of all the previous guys that she's tricked into coming here who are now we assume hosts to other people of this mm-hmm. community. And mm-hmm.
2: the last one is Georgina. And that's well the last two are the Georgina and the groundskeeper, and yeah. Georgina.
1: Yeah. 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 And it's
2: just so like oh crap. Some... It's such a great oh crap moment because his girlfriend has been doing such a good job of playing her part. And I mean that both on the actress level and on the character level that you really felt like she was on his side this whole time. Like, maybe she's just not in on it. Mm-hmm. And that, and
1: that's what weirded me out, because cause that's where you'd expect her to turn, right? Is, mm-hmm. As soon as she sees him coming out of that closet, because she knows what he's what he oh, saw yeah. in there. And she, she's like, I was looking for my camera, and she's like, oh, it's right here on top of the and counter. The, but she keeps playing it as uh-huh. if she's his girlfriend. Like, okay, moment, let's get out of here. I'll find my keys.
2: And that moment where you know she's freaking out on the stairs trying to find her keys and it,
1: it la- suddenly it turns. It lasts too long. Like, it does. She's on his side for way too long in that, cer- in, and what in that situation. It, and what it tells me is she gets off on
2: this so hard. It is a game. She server. literally he said
3: you were one of my favorites. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's nope. un- that is no, just, no thank you. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and I love how every scene after this like she makes that turn in the scene where she, and she's holding up the keys and she's already a different person, but every scene after this where she's got the drastically different hair, drastically different clothes it's so clear how much of a role she's been playing and how little of her actual self was in that that it's right. just it's shocking and i love it it's such a good turn
1: it really is um she
2: turns and I also love well, his no. performance in the scene where he's screaming and freaking out, and because that... he knows
1: at this point mm-hmm. he knows, but he's screaming at her because he's like, "Come on, come on." That tells me that, that scene you're not on their side.
4: Was so intense, like especially because like he goes like goes to the door and her brother is standing there blocking it with a lacrosse stick, mm-hmm. and he they kind of like backs his way into the, the living room. And he takes room. that swing at and, him. Yeah, he backs his way into the living room and he takes a swing at him, and her parents come around the corner, mm-hmm. like through the other side of the den, and it's just like so unsettling and. Just just like nerve wracking and tension filled, and then like he's just like like yelling at her and yelling at her and yelling at her and getting so upset. And then he's just like, "Rose, where are the keys?" Yeah, that last and, and one where it's so quiet, where he realizes what's happening, and like she just like drops it at that point and then pulls out the keys. He's like you know, I can't give them to. And you. that's exactly and he drops and that's, the bags. And yeah. It's just like with like so much defeat and just like, okay. Yeah, what hap- What has to happen next? <laughs> yeah. I
2: love the the inner workings of these characters because you know the only reason that she dropped the act at that point is because she knows okay, I can't get any more out of it. He mm-hmm. has he, he's he's he's, he's, he's not going to buy it anymore. Exactly, yeah. it's done, and just that. Everything about the inner workings of these characters is so on point, and they never make decisions because the movie needs them to make this decision. It it always flows organically out of who these characters are. Once you understand
1: who these characters are, and the, and and this is also where we get the extent to which he's been hypnotized, because mm-hmm. he starts to you know get ready to fight his way out, and she just and the mom just kind of tinks her little teacup twice, and I, I mean he just falls flat on his back. Mm-hmm. And like, and 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 all of a sudden we're like, oh crap. Yeah. This isn't something where, like, oh he just, you know, he told his his deepest, darkest secret. Like, she's got control over it. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Well, she and, can turn
1: him off like a switch. Yeah.
4: And like on top of that, like how much like excitement and kind of disappointment that the brother gets, he's like, oh, but I could have taken him, but is like still super excited. He's like, did you see how he got trapped, man? And is like super like mm-hmm. like, like this like he, I think like she enjoys this. Like I think the rose enjoys this like it's a game to her yeah this guy is the sadist and loves doing this to people he, he likes it's to like, fight
2: exactly he he like they both do this their own way but they both get their own same level of, of yeah. enjoyment out of him out of overpowering these guys and her out of just tricking them and playing this girlfriend like role. she enjoys the fun. The,
3: the dad's the one who believes in it as like a philosophical thing the mm-hmm. mom's the one who drives it she literally creates the situation the girlfriend is the one who gets gets off on it as you pointed out mentally and the brother's the guy who just like he, it's like a challenge a, to it yeah like i think he's in it for like the physical like barrier like he mm-hmm. he wants to feel powerful and bring someone down mm-hmm. and that's why he's so involved so hands-on with the process yeah
1: so in the process so chris gets Shackled to this chair uh-huh. in front of this old timey TV oh, in her in her study. That whole room is so creepy. Well, no, that's not
2: the study. That's, yeah, that's, that's, the, ba- that's downstairs in the basement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is downstairs. But that whole room is so creepy with like the deer head hanging on the the yep. wall and just. Oh, just which I love about- how
3: that comes into play later. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: this whole oh. thing is just unsettling
1: as, as as unsettling as it can be. And as this is going on, Rod is. He's pieced stuff together himself, and he's going to the police. Oh, which the rod Taj! I love <laughs> this. <laughs> it does such a good job of cutting to humor when it needs to, because mm-hmm. Rod is funny, uh, and his conversation with the police is funny. Uh, so funny with with him like, oh, they're gonna make him a sex slave and shit. Oh, sorry about the shit. And yeah, like, yeah. He's apologizing for swearing and.
4: The police like, does Compares himself well, to yeah. the police and says, oh, well, I have more training you know, than you. know, TSA we have maybe to deal a little with bit better than, than the
1: police.
4: <sighs> you know, and then, like, she's like, oh, let me get my colleagues in here. Yeah. And they're all standing there, and, like, everybody watching the movie knows exactly what's going to happen. This is just a lineup for everybody to get a laugh, but he is just so sincere and is just pl- putting it all out there, and then when he gets finished like all the cops just break. And it's just so funny just to it's, like be yeah. like there and witness that
2: that whole scenario. The only issue I have with this is that it feels like there is a large amount of time like Chris is already in the chair at their at their place and we see at least a full day go on with mm-hmm. Rod. And there's just something about that that makes me like, okay, why is it taking them this long to get Chris into the scenario? Is there this much prep work they have to do for the surgery? Like, there's just questions I have about the timeline with what goes on here. But at the same time, it does feel realistic for him to wait this long to go drive off and try to find his friend.
3: It could be a scenario where, like, they're not actually situations that are in 100% chronological order, right? It's, where, like, the Rod
4: Taj. You know, no, it think, has to be. I think they're pretty – it's pretty chronological. Yeah, because we get
2: the point of where he has the conversation suddenly end with uh, – with Rose. Not with Rose, but with um, oh, the with Chris. Or, yeah, with Chris when his phone dies, and so we know when that happens, and that play, and then immediately after that, this whole situation of Chris being full on captured happens, and then we get a, several scenes of him calling Chris's phone and you know getting the answering machine before he goes to the police. Well, anything, Rod, it comes Rod up.
3: clearly says like he's been gone for two days. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and they have been at the house for at least one full day. And well, he's so, not, so there's not that much
2: time. No, there is at least a full day where he has to be sitting in that chair because this whole thing happens at night. He is at his day job calling him the next day over and over again and going to the police during the day. And then he we, comes back home and does his little sketch on the thing and is writing out, okay, this happened, this happened. I gotta do it. And that's when he calls uh, calls uh, Rose.
4: Well, no, we we, we, we miss Sunday. Sunday is not part of this. Yeah, Sunday Chris movie. is in the chair. Yeah, and so like there is a complete day where Chris is missing, but he's not missing yet. Rod just... shows up to the police on Monday morning with the dog. Um that that's that's that day is missing, but it's not necessarily out of chronological. I feel
1: order. like they explained it later though, when they say because you get the sense that he's been waking up seeing what's on the TV and being knocked back out again by how much the chair has eroded sure. from his scratching it. I just don't, yeah, right? I just don't know why
2: it's taking this long, and there's well, no real well, reason and to And give. I feel
1: like they explain it later when he's talking to Blind Dude, and Blind Dude says, you sitting in this chair has been the, the process of Preparing like of your mind. mentally breaking you so that you're ready for this procedure.
2: Kind uh, of thing. Ish, they, they're not saying that specifically. Like they give like, okay, the hypnosis was this stage, me talking to you is this part of it, like, I don't know. It, there's just something about the amount of time that goes on here that on, I feel like on Rod's case, it makes sense that he would wait this long to do the steps that he does, and I appreciate it on that side. I just wish I understood more why it takes them so long to get this thing started, because it feels to me like, okay, they've made the decision. They should be able to just get it done and start get started. Well, I, think- I mean,
3: they, they do explicitly say that the second phase is them breaking his mind. Which is like not. They, not,
2: not they is don't explicitly exact say course. that. The hip, no, the, no he needs they. They don't hypnotized. explicitly say that. They say that the hypnotism is what is going on, and how this stage is necessary It's sort of like a psychological pre-op. That's. They don't yeah. say like. Everything like we are taking this long to do such and such, and it's taking you know that kind well, of I thing. But that, I mean, and I don't want them necessarily like too. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's necessary to tell us. It's just I have just a little takes. bit of pacing questions at, at this sure. point in the movie.
1: I do like what happens when Rod calls Rose, though. Oh uh, man, that's oh, one of the is, best scenes in the
2: movie. This, this is thing.
3: her performance that I was talking about because the way that she's just blankly staring. Ugh. But, but her voice is communicating a completely different tone, mm-hmm. that is, like, it doesn't seem that hard, because it's like, well, just don't move and say the same things. It is it is not that yeah. easy. Like, well, even if you just, like, even if you're just on the oh, phone. Like, especially it, when
1: it, she's, like, she's sitting there stone-faced, no emotion change on her face, but over the phone, she's like the, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm so confused. I'm, I'm scared for him, too. Like what I, do you mean he hasn't shown up? Like but I, her face is just, like dead face. Oh,
2: like I almost it's wonder rough. if they had to like have her give that performance with the the dead face and then do voiceover with the emotional side of it. It's that good of like I I can't imagine to believe how
1: that you could pull that, that, that acting off. is coming with that face. Yeah.
2: But it sells her so well on who she's been the, as the two-faced person throughout this movie.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and and on top of that like
4: watching this a second time, I kind of see where some of those seeds were laid Earlier in the movie mm-hmm. too, when she seems to be flirting with him anyway, like even though it's kind of like it feels playful, mm-hmm. but now in this kind of a situation, it's suddenly like, "Whoa, wait a minute! She was she was flirting with him earlier, just like it was not playful. She's she doing was, prep work for her next guy. Pre- yeah, yeah she, exactly. Yeah, she's doing prep work to get him next.
2: Yeah, the whole thing is just like, ugh. Yeah."
4: yeah. Um, and then and,
2: and just like like the way just the
4: way she is dressed mm-hmm. is also it's like she, she looks like she's in a cult. Is, like yeah.
1: and is really she weird. she's lost the personality that she had before because mm-hmm. that previous personality was just an act.
4: Yeah. And, and like how Rod, like Rod's reaction to all of this. He's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> I don't believe her. Nope,
2: putting you on mute and like, put, like puts her on mute and is like talking to himself and talking like, and oh, I'm going to record you. That's and what prevents him from being the really annoying friend that he could have been. Like this character could have easily been someone that the audience just hated. But because we and him are on the exact same wavelength and we're like, yeah, she's 100% lying. that's what keeps us on his side as strongly as we are.
1: Right. Uh, And this is where it really kicks off, because they're about to perform the surgery. Uh, And... And we get the scene where the blind guy is talking to Chris. I love this, explaining scene too. what's about to happen yeah. to him.
2: Like that explanation is so good, and Chris's reaction to it is awesome. And I love how there's still like it feels like a little bit of perceived like empathy, like he's trying to get along with Chris and explain to him, just hey, this is what's gonna happen, and yeah. it's not a, a like, thing of like I don't hate you, that kind of thing. I don't
3: care what color you are. I just want well, some bright eyes. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that yeah. helps
1: me out a lot. Exactly.
2: But that <laughs> final moment where I'm he sure says, "I'm sure glad you're
1: not racist," maybe. Don't, don't kick me out of my body, man. Right. Yeah.
2: But that final moment where he's like, all right, I'm done here. That sells the way that he just does
1: not think of Chris
2: as a person. He's right, just yeah. a body that he happens to want. And
1: all he's doing is prep work for what he needs to get yeah, into. He, right.
2: I mean, he literally starts the conversation
4: with like, oh yeah. um, They told me that, you know, this kind of step is what really helps it sink in, I guess. So just what, Ask me questions about stuff. Like, he he doesn't really know what's going on. He's just like, okay, apparently I have to do this now. Yeah. I don't
2: want to, but I have to. (laughs) It feels like he's filling out the paperwork for his surgery. Exactly.
3: And it's just not. This scene really, like, well, even the party scene, like, does this once you know, like, where it's going. But it, it makes it so much clearer why the party scene was so uncomfortable because all these attempts to like really level with Chris from this community they 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 seem like fetishized and they seem like they seem like they're they're trying to you know be like hey like we we love black people but once you we know this detail we realize that it's not coming out of respect it's coming out of objectification right. and that's but what makes it, it so it, terrifying because you, you could
1: know? genuine genuinely believe you know what these are these are old rich white people and maybe they do have a respect for african-americans and their culture yeah they and might maybe, be just a little bit liberal just, and... you know what they don't have the social cues to know what's appropriate and inappropriate to say yeah right? they just don't and get you could, you what they why then, what
2: they're saying is so bad
1: exactly but then later on once it's contextualized it's like nope no no, no, no they they have no respect it's Here's a hunk of meat that I might buy later. I want to see what value it
2: has. That lady was literally just asking, "Hey, if I put my husband's bu- uh, in in that body, how good will the sex
1: be?" Yeah. Right, right, and it, and that's what makes it really creepy. Um, I love the scene where they're prepping for surgery again because the father is taking it so serious, it's like so this ritualistic. Is his, right. Well, to this him. is his job, right? And he's he's proud of the work that he does here. And the son is, again, just kind of in it for the kicks. He's, you know, he's bopping his head around as he's going, getting ready to go get Chris. Uh, And this is where Chris finally makes his escape. He uh, he has managed That's to silent to... shot
3: where he grabs one of the the pool cue pool balls the and it's like caps. oh shit
2: yeah. <laughs> you're just so happy that this is not gonna go down the way that they want it to and it's it's
3: such a cool twist on what most like I feel like slasher films like are built on where the slasher film is like the monsters out to get all of these innocent you know college kids and the movie seeing how many college kids are gonna get out alive whereas now it's I really hope this guy kills all of these people Mm -hmm. so that he can get out of here and
4: there's no musical like signal to you that anything is about to happen it's just like nope oh he's picking up the bocce ball and that's when we're cued in it's not like in in other cheaper cheaper movies if you will like we would have been cued in on oh something's about to happen but it's like complete silence
2: Mm -hmm. that and man the the sound effects for that surgery like when, when he is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when he takes out that drill and you see the little bits of blood and you hear just the squishy drilling jello sound that's going
1: on. And, it's, uh, and I love that he just discards it, right? He's like, yeah, eh, there's the top of the skull in the trash can. Right. Because you know that this body's getting chucked as soon as this dude's, as soon as the blind dude is out of his current body, mm-hmm. they're not doing anything with it. It's yep. getting scrapped. Like yeah. no yeah. use for it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love the creative ways that uh, it's it's like, it's like you said. Where usually it's the the slasher villain is coming up with creative ways of killing all the innocent college kids, right? And in this one it definitely is turned on its head because he's trying to escape, and as he's going to fight each of these family members individually, is very reminiscent of like a Final Destination, where everyone yeah. has their comeuppance in a very gruesome but unique way. Yeah, right. Like I, I he I takes love- out these family members in. Very gruesome and unique ways. All of them are great. I, you know, the moment where he's already hit the the uh,
2: the douchebag. At least once. I like that you can see the blood starting to appear on the bandage. And then, like, you know, once he's really down, you see all the blood on the floor. But, man, nothing beats when the dad is looking down the hall and there's nothing there. And he looks down the other way and there's nothing there. And he looks back and just deer in your chest. <laughs> this is yeah.
3: so good. Like, I love that he uses the deer. It's, it's A, a cool callback to mm-hmm. one of the earlier scenes yep. where he hits the deer and how, At that point, this animal was sort of the prey. It, 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 it's the victim. It's, it's helpless. It's just bleeding on the side of the road. But it's stuffed and
2: mounted on the wall.
3: And that was Chris. Like Chris was when he's hypnotized, he literally looks like a deer in headlights. Yeah. But when he gets back at the dad for what he's been doing to people, the prey literally becomes the
1: predator. And that's that's such cool theming. That's awesome. Like it's so awesome. I, I freaking love it. I love it. He goes <laughs> in to fight the mom, and the first thing that I said, I was like, oh, crap, look out for the cup and saucer. But he does. And yeah. he, like, the first thing, he's like, oh, I see it there on the table. And he, like, runs over and smacks it off. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I Good. love the
2: sound of it breaking on, on you know, whatever it hits. But, man, the way he kills the mom, <sighs> when she stabs him through the hand, that's horrible. But you see on his face, like, just the controlled hatred as he slowly pushes that knife into you her think head. this is oh, going to stop, his hand.
1: He just, like. Stabs her with the knife through the back of his hand. Mm -hmm. While it's still
2: in there. And I I, I do like that you don't actually see it. You just get a little bit of the sound effect, and that's it. You see him, like, her fall, and then Mm -hmm. he
4: walks away.
2: And, okay, this fight between him and Douchebag is actually, I really, really like it. Oh, it's great. It is really good. You see, okay, he's trying to do his judo stuff that he was talking about. And I like that earlier in the movie, the guy had talked about, okay, you got to be, you know, if this is a mental game. You got to be two steps ahead. And Chris has seen what he does every time he tries to open the door, and he knows, okay, he's gonna go ahead and kick it, and that's when I'm gonna stab him. And he's two steps ahead of the the, yeah. the douchebag, and that's what makes him win. Well, I, the one thing that
4: I noticed this time around, though, is that like you see, like when they like they're back up against the wall in the like almost on the stairs, and you see like Chris like starting to go limp mm-hmm. and then he hears the guy saying one mississippi two misses like so he's like crap i'm not gonna fool him that way and you see the wheels start turning again mm-hmm. yeah like, oh wait how do i if i can't trick him that way how like how do i get what out what do of i this? do now yeah. also
3: like this might be reaching a little far but it still works for me like the brother is by far the most like in terms of his attitude even just like his speech like he just he really captures, like, Southern plantation-y, like, a little bit. Even how he's playing the ukulele on the porch. And just yeah. hearing him na, 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 say, like, na, 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 Mississippi. I'm just like, oh, just screw that guy. Oh man man. Thank yeah. you so much. And I felt like Chris was, like, thinking that, too. Like, this, this mother walker.
2: I'm, I'm not letting him judo me to death. I'm going to just, ah. Uh, yeah, It was extremely satisfying when he kicked him to death after yeah, getting exactly. him down. Then,
4: like, he stabs him and throws him off and he's like okay, now you're dead and <laughs> just
2: like literally kicks like curb I, curbs him, stomps him, stomps off, to him to death. I'm gonna be sure this time. Yeah, And then runs out and the house is on fire and he, he every great movie away.
4: ends with yeah, something on the, fire I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. throwing that out there right now and like he grabbed the brother's skis and immediately starts driving off and then fi- finds the mask mm-hmm. uh, the uh, night, yeah, yeah from yeah, the the, 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 the very knight's helmet scene. at the very beginning yeah. and, like, and throws it away it, like for somebody that didn't make that connection at yeah. the beginning of the movie it's like oh oh he get,
0: oh right, like, yeah. it, it,
4: like for somebody like you that didn't notice it the first time mm-hmm. like that could have been a big clue of, from exactly. the beginning yeah To the end of the Um, movie.
1: I like that. I like where we see Rose while this is happening. Mm -hmm. Because she is immediately going on to her next. Like, who's she going to get next? Like, she's listening to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Yeah, she's listening (laughs) to that. And she's searching top NCAA prospects. Yeah. Oh. That. And just the
2: way she's she's got a, a glass of milk with a straw. And she's eating individual Fruit Loops and just being very careful about it, taking that one little very tiny meticulous. bite. And she's so weird about
1: it. It's it's <laughs> such a sharp contrast with the character that we saw for the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I, I think they
4: needed to have that in this movie so that like, we couldn't just be like, oh well, no, she really did care about him because like if they if she like even kept any part of her character that she was in the first half of this movie there'd be some kind of like confusion i think mm-hmm. for an audience especially but- with the way that what it happens when she's about to die exactly yeah. but like with her being so different mm-hmm. so creepily different <laughs> it's it carries so much more weight and lets us know like no this is this is
1: literally who she is mm-hmm. yeah um this is where georgina jumps in front of the car he runs over and is about to leave. And again, and this is what we were talking about earlier, where he th- really knows he should drive away. Yeah. We know he should
2: drive away. But because of his specific past and what has happened to him, he cannot do it. And he tries to get her and bring her along with him.
4: Well, and I, I think he doesn't really have a clear
2: concept yet of how far this really goes. Yeah. And he's also, like, had the, you know, he's been in several fights already. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and this has been a weird, weird
1: weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um she wakes up and it, there's no pretense anymore. She's the grandma, she screams, You burnt my house mm-hmm. and tries to beat him.
2: Well, and like and,
4: and she kind of like
1: wakes when she's waking up, you see that her wig is falling
4: off. Yeah, and you she see has a scar yeah. around Which her. Which is head.
2: why she's been messing with her hair the entire movie. Uh-huh.
1: Ah! And why so she, good. and why she's oh, like looking man.
4: constantly looking at herself.
1: Mm-hmm. Ugh. But, yeah, they, they crash. crash. She dies. She's dead. Rose comes out, and then she's like, go get him, Grandpa. And this is when the groundskeeper uh-huh. takes off sprinting at him. Hits his, him. He runs. Like, like, I think, I don't
4: remember who it was, but one of you said, uh, I said, like, he runs so weird.
1: Mm-hmm, like, it's
4: not just like, oh, he's running, like, awkward. Like, just like, it's, oh, he has a weird It's incredibly stance. mechanical, the way that he runs. Exactly. And it's not something fluid, as if you would expect a world, champion runner, a yeah. champion runner. Which well, I mean, he it was. looks
1: like the old class runners. Yeah,
3: it's it's old school sprinting. Like, yeah, that's what it looks like. With the with like the rigid body and the rigid
1: arms, just kind of running mm-hmm. at right angles, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he he gets him, and I like that Chris remembers what worked last time and gets out his phone and just starts like flashing yeah. it in and his if face. If you look
3: closely, you can. I I feel like you can literally see this sunken place, like, fill Mm -hmm. their eyes a little bit, and then it fades out. And, like, at first it just looks like the Flash, but it's so square (laughs) that it it almost looks like you're seeing their sunken place.
4: And that they, they have now come back. Like, I saw it, like, I agree. I saw it with Logan where it kind of, like, he's just, like, I'm back. Like, he, he has
2: that, like, shock on his mm-hmm. face, but that light in his eyes. I love that he is so calm and decisive about what he does. And he says, let me do it, takes the gun, shoots her, shoots himself. Like, he's he knows yeah. he, this is not going to last, He and he's mm-hmm. done. But
1: I love that he gets revenge and then just offs himself. And then there's a final performance by Rose where she's oh. di- she's been shot and she's dying. And as Chris comes over to to kill her, mm-hmm. he's going to choke the gun. her out. Yeah, he's yeah. going to choke her out. And all of a sudden, she switches back to the rose from the very beginning, and she says, "You know, I love you. I love you. Don't and do this." Then she starts smiling. Well, and as soon as soon as she realizes again, as soon as she realizes he can't, it's not it. going to work, and he's gonna he's gonna choke her out. She's just like, eh, "All right," and she gives in. She's like, she just has this creepy, she's really grin on her sinister smile. Yeah. yeah, and he still just can't do it. I love that. He can't bring yeah. himself.
4: Oh, yeah, exactly. He like, can't bring himself to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, which shows that the relationship from his end was real. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely.
1: And then I love the moment. Like it
2: is such a great final scare to have police show up as this guy has his hands around the throat of a white girl and all these dead people. Yeah. Like, and she immediately starts going, "Help me! Help me!" Uh huh. And and then, you know, it's got to be Rod. That's
1: great.
4: Uh, like that—that that was just like the the relief on his face, and like the
1: massive amount of disappointment on hers was just mm-hmm. like.
3: It, N- never thought I'd be so happy to see a TSA agent, right? <laughs>
1: right. And Man. then they ride off into the sunset,
2: and not and the, the la- literal sunset, but and the last thing we see is her face just giving up as she dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. which well, is a great way to end it too. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, and I, I like how like Rod is like
4: very much like. Bruh, I told you so. Mm-hmm. And that, just, like, that
3: last line mm-hmm. is like the best final line in like mm-hmm. any movie. Yep. T-S, consider this shit A. handled. handled.
1: <laughs> and I, great. Uh, oh, and yeah, I guess that's the movie. I yep. think again, we've said it before, but just kind of to recap, I was impressed with the entire thing, just the extent to which Jordan Peele used every tool in his filmmaking toolbox to create something. Of quality. Um, The sound design was great. Uh, The music that they chose both in like where it was actual songs being played, whether it was while they're driving down the country roads to get to her parents' place or whether it was just the slow background music going on as he's falling into the sunken place. All of it was great. The, The camera work was great. The script was great. I think Jordan Peele did a fantastic job. I mean, I, I guess this can kind of lead into my own final thoughts, if you guys are yeah, all right go with ahead. it. Um, I mean, I, I've i already said what I want to as far as praise for the movie. Uh, my favorite thing about this movie, it's it's a toss-up but just because of how good a job Jordan Peele did directing it. I'd want to say that, but I think Rod's my favorite part of the movie. I mean, he's awesome. He's funny, and he's smart in a way that you don't often get in horror movies or suspense movies, where usually the sidekick friend is the dumb one who doesn't see what's going on and leads to more trouble later on. And gets himself killed. Right. Mm -hmm. They take so many common horror movie tropes and just turn them on their head in a way that works in this. Um, It's hard to think of a thing that is my least favorite. If I had to pick anything, it would be the... He he got hypnotized and was able to get out of it by stuffing cotton in his ears. And the first thing he does when he stands up is take the cotton out of his ears. It's like, come on, dude, you're you're in a you're in a house where they can just like turn on the TV and it has the glass, you know, tanking with the Mm -hmm. spoon, like leave those in until until you're out. I mean, and that's just nitpicking. But I think that's kind of a testament to how good the movie is.
2: Definitely. I I think when you are at the point of, you know, the worst thing you can think of is just a little tiny nitpick, then, yeah, you're in good shape. Yeah.
1: Um, All in all, I thought it was fantastic. Um, It's not, I think the thing that I would miss most from it was that it wasn't as scary as I was expecting. There were definitely a lot of suspenseful moments, but it didn't have as much, like, at no point was I, like, curled up. Kind of clutching a pillow kind of thing, scared about what was gonna happen next uh, all in all, I thought it was fantastically done and I give it four and a half bingo cards out of five nice uh, who wants to go next bench yeah sure I, I can go next the just going off
4: of everything we've said before like Peel's level of detail in this entire movie and both the shots that are done, the timing the timing in this movie is absolutely amazing and like there's there is a difference between like comedic timing and suspense timing but it seems like he has them both nailed down perfectly uh my favorite thing about this or my favorite scene uh in this movie is actually uh the conversation where chris and the blind guy have at the party where it seems like every like he has that genuine connection with him over something that they share a combined interest in and it's not about like oh you have a really good eye and you're black it's just like oh no like you have a really good eye and like and just they have that like genuine conversation between the two of them and then how that is flipped so much on its head when we find out later that he's buying him like he had this genuine connection with this human being and now he's just like okay i'm buying you because i want your eyes and like just like how how that kind of makes you feel at first when sh- when you see it happen you're just like oh finally he has some relief and then to find out that the one place he had relief is the one place that is going to destroy him now my least favorite part was probably georgina not just because not for any fact other than how disconcerting she made me feel um how disconcerting she made me feel like it was perfect but it just felt she her, her character just felt so awkward and so painful and made me feel so at e un- at, like so uneasy throughout the entire movie it's a good thing that that happened But it's, like, my least favorite because of, like, how much it hurt me to watch her on screen. Um, As far as rating, I would also have to give this uh, four and a half out of five sunken places.
1: I did bingo cards. Oh, bingo cards,
4: yeah.
3: (laughs) I'll go ahead and go next. Um, I think this movie is pretty much a masterpiece uh like like rick's echoed earlier i I think that if you're looking for nick piece nick picks like it that's a testament to how good the movie is um and i feel like this is like in its own way like a a very important movie you know it gives you it it was i've never seen anything quite like this it was a unique experience and i I really feel like this is going to be something that's revisited like years and years from now um, my favorite thing about the movie is uh, pretty much just, like, the entire, like, direction of the movie. Like, I never feel like there's a downer moment. Um, if I had to pick—and uh, I, I just think that that Key did, like, such a great job. Like, I, I think that he's got a lot more amazing movies in his future. Um, if I had to pick a least favorite thing, I might pick the fact that um, our protagonist, Chris, is doesn't really seem like— Uh, like he's reacting 100% appropriately after he sees the pictures. I feel like he should be maybe a little freaked out, but I also feel like there's plenty of adequate explanations for that, like in the framework of the story. It just Mm -hmm. feels a little odd when I'm watching it, but like marginally. Um, I'm just going to go all the way and give this a five out of five.
1: Five stars!
3: I think this is, like, a amazing movie. Hey, uh and nice. I mean, it's... Ugh, I, I definitely would highly recommend this to anyone. I think it's wonderful.
2: I, I definitely agree. This movie is fantastic. You know, anything that I would say beyond that at this point has already been said, so I won't bore you with it. As far as my favorite thing about this movie, it's it's got to be the management of tension. It is so well done, and the way it ebbs and flows keeps you riveted and gives you time to breathe at just the right moments. It's really, really amazing the way that he managed to make that work. Um, My least favorite thing is—it's definitely nitpicky. It's the grandpa running at Chris out in the middle of the night. I don't know why he does it. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I get that he's—you know—used to be a champion runner, or that he was doing his exercise or whatever. But it just makes no sense for him to be out there in the middle of the night running at full tilt. Just—you know—it's—it's a nitpicky thing, but that's my probably the thing that is uh, stands out the most to me. And in a movie where you're nitpicking that hard to find a least favorite thing. I can't imagine giving it any less than a five. Like this movie has so many things go for going for it, and so few going against it. If it's 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 masterwork, it's amazing how good this movie is. So this movie gets five out of five teacups from me. Five stars.
1: There you go. I I think you're right in that it is a masterwork. I'm interested to see if Peele's next work kind of stays up to the standard. Because mm. uh, do you think do you think that he'll do another suspense horror movie? Because he definitely comes from a comedy background, and like you said, and like he's said in interviews, very similar as far as the way you have to direct it. But uh, what do you think's coming next I, from him?
2: I don't know enough about him as an artist to, to judge that, but I will say that whatever he makes next, I'm going to be there. I would love for him to do another horror movie because he clearly knows how to make a, a really, really good one. But, you know, whatever it is, whether it's comedy, whether it's drama, I, I think it's definitely I, – I definitely want to see whatever it is.
3: I feel like he's demonstrated that he's skilled enough that he could be the new Edgar Wright. Like, he could do a lot of cross-genre stuff that, like, just because he understands craft, you know, it works. I mean, he's, he's theoretically made 500, like, short films already. He knows yeah. how to tell a, a comedic story, and he's clearly demonstrated he knows how to tell a horror story. He could probably do, like, just about... I, after seeing something this good, he could probably do just about anything he wants and at least do okay.
1: It's the idea that once you've got the basics down that well, it doesn't really matter which direction you take them as long as you stay true to those, I know what I'm doing at the mm-hmm. very base of filmmaking. Right. Yeah, having said that, you know,
3: in Shyamalan's earlier career, I sort of thought the same thing. and uh, Oh, gosh, <laughs> it please sort of not another Shyamalan. It
1: sort of became a
3: different story later oh, on. Gosh. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So,
1: yeah. Speaking of seeing what happens, you all should see what happens in our other podcasts. Oh man, do we go off? Oh, but Josh, flawless. but Josh, this is this isn't a
4: visual medium.
1: You should hear what goes. On <laughs> Look, I was stretching for a uh, for a segue. All right, give me cut me some slack, um, guys. If you would like to listen to more of our podcasts, which I highly suggest you do, you can find them on www. Com. Additionally, we're on social media at OpinionCast on Twitter and Opinionated Podcast on Facebook feel free to reach out to us at our email address opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com we're still receiving those submissions for our user requested movie month we're still planning to have that in the future if you guys have something you'd like us to watch and review send your suggestions our way we're each going to pick uh what we think would be a good submission from what your suggestions are and i think we're planning to do a month of four releases where we each pick one of your suggestions uh, so feel free to go ahead and get those sent in before before we get on to those. Additionally, if you get a chance, please leave us a review on iTunes, as that really helps us get out to new listeners, and we always appreciate it. Get out. Hey, nice. hey there you go. Get out to new listeners. Uh, until next time, guys, thanks for listening. We're, We're opinionated. opinionated.
3: Consider this shit handled.